to the Better Golf Podcast, where betters go to bet better. Here are your hosts, Tee Off Sports and Sticks Picks. Better Golf Pod Nation. I hope everyone out there is doing well on this fine Wednesday afternoon or evening, depending on when you are listening. If you are new to the show, I'm your host, Tee Off Sports. I am here with my partner, Sticks Picks. And the two of us will be taking you through the DFS and betting boards to discuss some of our favorite values and fades for this week's AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. But before we get into all of that information, I want to talk to everyone a little about Underdog Fantasy, one of the top up-and-coming sites where you can play and hold real money drafts against either friends or opponents that you can take on across the world. We continue to be in discussion with them about creating week-long contests. That's something that we have pushed very hard for. But if until that comes to fruition, they still have their best ball tournaments. You can play the daily contest throughout the entire event. Those options are going to be available for all sports. And you can sign up today over at Underdog with the code BGP to get a 100% match bonus of up to $100. If you have any questions about all the great perks that Underdog has to offer, please feel free to contact me on Twitter at TL Sports, and I'll be sure to tell you a little bit more about this site. But all right, Nick, it was another close call for you on Tony Fina last week. I decided to join you in one and done contest. So uh, I kind of just keep bluffing on my pick, I think, and never quite end up with the name that I talk about on the action show. But Fina looked like the right pick. If he could have made some putts, clearly that was like him, Xander, Aubert. Yes. The Aubert yeah. outright ticket didn't end up any better for me there. But it's been just one of these starts of the year in the outright market where for whatever reason... I can't and I can't seem to be on a guy who can make a putt and you can't seem a guy to be on a guy who can close on Sunday. Yeah, Sundays are killing me. So my heaviest position in terms of return in the outright market was Davis Thompson. And then obviously as a long shot, um, I think that was to win. Let's see what I bet on. That was to win nine units for Davis Thompson. So obviously a little aggressive there. But my biggest other position was Tony Finau. And yeah, dude, I have been so damn close. Um just every single Sunday just goes away from me. JT at Amex, obviously Jordan Spieth at the Tournament of Champions and the Sony. I don't know if we were, if I was close. Oh, Poston. Yeah, I guess he was kind of close, but I don't know, man. It's getting frustrating, but it is what it is. Uh, The good, the cash game lineup from the show cashed um, relatively easily. It was closer to the pay line than I would like, but it did have two missed cuts playing Morikawa Chalk and Sep Straka Chalk that both missed a cut, faded both in MME. MME, I believe I lost, let's see, I maxed out that $5. I lost $104.50, but it was looking great all week. Uh, really need a Finau and Xander. I was extremely heavy on them, as tweeted in my player pool stuff, and they just kind of went backwards on Sunday. Didn't really help there. And then all of the Ludwig folks came up the rear and started passing me so a bad fade on that other than that I, I don't think I really feel bad about any stance I took in my player pool I think fading Morikawa a lot of people thought you know that was I was even getting like some DMs like I bet you wish you played him after he played the the north course the first day I was like yeah at the time of course I wish I played him but I was like there's still a long way to go and just watching that cut sweat again on um was it yeah, Thursday was a cut line, right? So uh, I forget we started the date. Yeah, early, we so, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. been it's been weird, but it's like you know, there's so much more golf to play, and obviously we all know the South Course is a test. I love it, honestly. I think those are that's like my favorite type of golf to watch. Obviously, I'd prefer they play just the South Course four days in a row, 
and see all the pin placements there. But I love a course that penalizes you. And like when people can make double and triple like and, and drive the ball out of bounds and have to take a drop from a long way and still have to lay up on a par four, like I like that. I think that's kind of my ideal world instead of rolling the golf ball back is just making misses more penal. Like in my opinion, they are the best golfers in the planet. They should, you know, quote unquote, be able to, you know, drop it on a dime. And when they miss, they should be penalized. I think that's more like for what I'm trying to see. Like I love watching like Jake Knapp, dude, watching that guy. He's got a very long swing, takes his driver back. Like it's John Daly almost hits the ground, but then gets it back on plane and just rips the golf ball. I think they said on 18, he hit a four iron to get there in two, and it had 171 ball speed, which is more than tour average driver ball speed. So, like, watching people absolutely unload on the golf ball is fun to me. But when you miss, I think being penalized would be my preferred route instead of rolling the golf ball back. Like, I don't need to see pros hit long irons all the time and hope they run out to a good spot. Like, I like watching these guys stick irons, zip them back, and, you know, have all this control. But that's my rant on that. But yeah, overall excited with how the DFS season has been so far. Again, both tournaments that I've been running hot on just go completely backwards on Sunday, but still a very good profit margin for me so far. So I'm happy with that. Um, I don't know if I'm excited for this week, man. So full transparency. I have not listened to one golf show. Didn't even get to listen to you and Roberto do your bets yet. So what is on your card this week? I will share with you my very limited card. We spoke for maybe 30 seconds before we press record on this show that I think both of us, until further notice, are going to be quite skeptical on no-cut events. But excited to see where your card was. And for me, again, the placement market is just used to all hell. So I have yeah, to take a bad. stance on like a top 20. I have one guy that I was interested in top 20 based on where my numbers were, but I cannot find more than a, you know, a 10, 15-point edge in the marketplace at the moment. I was hoping Circa would have it because they do have lower hole percentages over there, but no number for the guy that I'm looking for, which I'll name him in a second after you go through your card. Well, I also have one guy that I found value on. It's a very poor placement market. I thought there was one name uh, for me that had value. Uh, do you want to give me yours first? Yeah, and I'll tell go you on mine. three. Let's go okay. on three. One, two, three. Patrick Eric Rogers. Cole. Eric Cole. Okay. I want Patrick Rogers even more gross. Patrick Rogers, we want to talk about steam in the market of, of him being backed all over the place. Like he was one of the biggest climbers for me when I added some of the sharp movement into my model, he is just skyrocketing. Like, and it's interesting, Nick, because we talked on, I guess that would be Tuesday night now for the Wednesday start. And we were talking about Sepp Straka and the reverse of that answer. Like, I know I was a little bit more bullish and on him on this show until more numbers started entering the market. And I texted you at some point on Tuesday night. Yeah. We I'm like, we yeah, I'm like, I am a hundred percent out on Sepp Straka and any, any variation of DraftKings and betting and cash game or GPPs, whatever it is, I'm not going to play him. And like, it was because of the sharp movement that I added that he just went in the reverse direction of everything that I added. And Rogers is the reverse for me right now to where he is skyrocketing up my model. He's a value for DFS. I think he's an intriguing play there. I, I The percentage, at least from what I can see, seems to be a little bit lower because of the poor course history he has. But golfer in good form, we've talked about this a lot frequently with a name like Bo Hostler or somebody like that, where the course history for some of these events may not be what you would want to see. But I think they're a different caliber of player at this particular moment. So 
I like your Rogers play. I think he's a very intriguing uh, name. What price did you get him at? I didn't punch the ticket. I'm hoping for 270. The best I can get right now in the market would be, um, well, pretty much everybody has settled on 260. So bet 365, where ties would be paid in full. That's probably the best place to go if you're interested in that number. FanDuel 260, you'd be affected by dead heats there. So, you know, realistically, those odds are a lot shorter, in my opinion, because the odds of a top 20 tie are significant, I would say, especially in a no-cut event. But yes, bet, bet MGM lands flat two to one. No thanks. Caesars 260 points, bet 260. So, yeah, I was hoping Circa would have a 275, 280-ish, and I would take that. But they do not have a top 20 market on Patrick Rogers. That it's kind of my- interesting. Like, as much as I respect that book, I wish they would open the menu a little bit and, you know, do implied probabilities for every market for every player, especially when there's only 80. And, you know, a damn whole lot, maybe besides Nick Dunlap, about everybody's game at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I maybe I mean they're not going to do it for any tournament, but I guess maybe the weather would be one of the problems if they're just sure. trying to keep the exposure down and like that makes logical sense to not get overly invested into what has the potential to turn into a shit show during the weekend. Um, I think the thing I liked about Eric Cole and, I, and you brought up a great point about the dead heat being a potential problem here. I grabbed Eric Cole in a spot where it was on BetMGM. I don't know if this number is still available. It's There's always a chance it's moved when we record a day later after a lot of these things have released. But uh, I got him at plus 180 over at BetMGM. Still there. Also still there at PointsBet. And there at FanDuel. And then with a 24% hold margin, William Hill is actually offering a plus 188. But no ties in full. Bet online for a very short time without ties in full was offering a 210. I, I don't think that that number is there anymore. I, I, they're, I was, at, they're at 175 now. Yeah, I think that got hit by a lot of people inside the Rotoballer chat because like that was the route that a lot of them decided to go, which I don't have a problem with that. I, I, I do think, though, that you run into a high risk at this tournament with only 80 players that there's going to be these massive dead heat rules that are going to come into play throughout some of these sections. But uh, that's the only number that I really found value on. Like I wanted to look for Bazaden Hout in some fashion. I didn't find a number I liked there. I considered Patrick Rogers. I think for me, he's just going to be a player that either an in-tournament head-to-head bet, which I didn't find around one, or potentially if you want to talk about him as a GPP play, I think he's intriguing there. But uh, yeah, not not a ton for me in that market. I do have two head-to-head wagers. Uh, the one very well might be gone because that was getting hit all over the board by the time I was releasing it. And I was able to get Sung JM minus 120 on bet 365 over Cameron Young. Um, Sung J over Young. Let me price check that one. What was the price you got? 120. It's minus 125 currently on bet 365, minus 155. Same matchup on Bovada. Yeah, Bovada had it like, at 120 also. Unfortunately, like that was the book I think a lot of people hit it at. But I I still think 125 is intriguing. Those are just two volatile golfers for me. I uh, don't necessarily love the profile of Sungjae. I do worry about it a little bit. But with this being a no-cut tournament, I'm shooting for upside a little bit more. And it's the yeah. same narrative that I took with Wyndham Clark minus 114 over Corey Connors. That was at Bet Rivers. Don't know if that number has moved either. If you have that in front of you, Nick, you can... Tell us if that price is still there for Clark minus 114 over Connors. But uh, that is my head-to-head card. And then my three outrights would be I took Max Homa at 20 to 1. I took Colin Morikawa at 27 to 1, Ooh. who I never bet. And I took Wyndham yep. Clark at 100. 
I like the Wyndham at 100. That number is still there, the minus 114 each way on Connors and Wyndham. Um, I like Eric Cole. I'm glad you talked about Sanjay. So my card currently has three outrights. Again, contemplating just saying the hell with discipline and taking the Patrick Rogers top 20. But I feel like where his ownership is in DFS, like I might as well just go a little overweight there and call it a day. Um, I took Tom Kim at 60 to 1. I hate that ticket right now. I have want nothing to do with it. Sanjay M at 40 to 1. I like that one. And I'm going back to the wall, man. I I really think this is a again, like you mentioned it, the weather. I think my card's just gonna be absolutely tiny. I'm just gonna play DFS yeah. and kind of assume I'm burning a hole in my own pocket doing that. Um, like and expect to have an edge. I don't think I'll have really an edge this week. I'm probably just gonna fade a lot of heavy chalk and just pray for the best and Hopefully, you know, the weather really comes. I don't even know if they're going to play Sunday looking at how much rain they could have. So maybe you get a Monday finish. I don't know if the weather on Monday is much better. You might get a 54-hole finish. This might turn – like the PGA Tour may become live this week and you're going to get a 54-hole event. Just call it on Saturday. With how it's been going, if if DraftKings would just shut off on Saturday night – (laughs) <laughs> I love life right now. This would be You're fantastic. a multi-millionaire at that point. <laughs> yeah, dude, if how many great screenshots I have on Saturday night <laughs> compared to Sunday, I'd be that that's my game. I'm a three, not a showdown player, not a full tournament player. Just give me a three round. I just need to start playing live DFS. We just figured yeah. it out. But uh Justin Thomas, 28 to 1 yes. on circa. Great so price. I did not have a ton of edges in my pricing, which is up on Win Daily Sports. We started doing the uh, the PGA Odds Hub, so you can price check all of your bets on Win Daily. Um, the outright market will be there for most legal books in the states, so like a Caesars points bet. I think Bet365 is pulling on there, FanDuel, DraftKings, all that good stuff. And then one of the columns is my odds. Keep in mind, my odds do not have a hold percentage baked in. I think I've put it to like 2%. Still, just because like I would prefer to see if I can get a flat out edge on the market's price as is. The only few, you know, besides getting to 100 to 1, like Wyndham Clark and stuff like that, like I have Wyndham Clark at 86 to 1. So I really like that price of 100 to 1. Probably going to do that. I do have room on the card. Um, but I had Justin Thomas flat at 28 to 1. So bake in the hold percentage and bake in my fanboyism, if you will. Like I find a little bit of value on that number. At Circa, and they're the only ones. Uh, maybe Pinnacle Offshore, if you have access to them, I think they're probably right around thirty. I mean, them and Circa are usually like the same price. So maybe they play copycat off each other. I don't know, but right at twenty-eight, the rest of the market is pretty much at twenty and twenty-two at the longest. Uh, Sunjay, I have at thirty-eight point nine, so pretty much thirty-nine to one. So barely, you know, the minuscule tenth of a percent of an edge on that number. And then Tom Kim had at originally 54. He's up to like 59 for me. So again, very minuscule, especially when you're talking about implied probabilities for winning at 60 to one, the edge is going to be extremely minimal. So yeah, I don't know what you think about Tom Kim. I do worry about the weather a little bit. I don't think I have concerns with him on POA, but overall I kind of just weighed in like short to mid iron play a little bit of accuracy off the tee and what I could find on their POA success. So maybe a little bit of around the green and everything, but looking at previous winners, I don't think that was a massive discrepancy, but I guess scrambling overall, because, you know, bunker play is going to be a pretty important here. And, you know, I guess missing the greens. So scrambling in general is kind of yeah. what I looked at. But again, when I see this weather forecast, like, I don't know who's just going to be like 
mentally focused enough. Like, again, I, I see the market starting to turn their back on Cantley a little bit. Like, to me, I feel like this course fits in great. Maybe they know more about him or they know someone inside his camp and he's just, you know, not looking forward to playing in freezing cold weather and probably sideways rain on Saturday and potentially Sunday. I don't know. So that's where like, okay, I'm not going to have an edge on bookmakers and, you know, maybe I'll have an edge on DFS players and just get rid of chalk and play guys. I can't wait if no one's going to play him, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's tough. So thoughts on Tom Kim. I know you're in on Sunjay. Especially, you know, when we're talking about outrights, I'm okay with a volatile player. But what are your thoughts on Tom Kim and JT? Love JT. I think he should cool. be considered in, in in all areas. He's one of those players. If And I've used this example multiple times this week. You look at the Players' Championship a handful of years ago. Justin Thomas got on the wrong side of the draw there. And he put together two of the best rounds maybe, or if we even just want to say 18 holes there, but probably two of the best rounds I've ever seen of golf played on the wrong end of the draw to move himself to the boards, the top of the leaderboard. And then I think he had a bad final day or maybe a bad Saturday. I forget which day it was where he ended up uh, going in the reverse direction a little bit, still finished fine, but he's a golfer. You throw him in one of these poor weathered condition situations. I love the upside that he possesses. I love his ability to scramble here. I, I don't know. I think for Tom Kim, I'm probably just out in the outright betting market. I hate you, it. I hate the ticket. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm you, you. You could sell me more on it as like a contrarian play for a GPP contest. I think he'll have very limited. I have like 7% ownership right now. I don't know what you see him at. I think he will be one of the lower owned guys of the group though. And that's probably more of like, if I want to shoot for some of that upside there, I'd rather go that route. Yeah. So, and also like when I was trying to back a stud, and I, again, I'm telling myself this narrative of like, who's going to stay focused and just be like, you know, it is what it is. It's a guaranteed check anyway. So, you know, if I'm not in contention, I'm not really going to care too much. I'm just going to try to get in and out as quickly as possible in the shit weather. JT is just playing fantastic golf, man. He hasn't, again, the Fortnite is kind of a shit tournament here, a world challenge. We obviously don't even need to count that, but he looks so, so good at the American Express and these club down courses, I think help him. He's one of the best wedge players in the world. So I think JT's kind of just, just in it this year. And it's going to be a massive year for him. I think he wins a major. He might. I, I think like, that's like for why in one and done contests, I didn't take him at the American express. I I'm kind of trying to save him for something really big this year, whether that's a player's championship or a major or whatever it ends up being. I, I think Justin Thomas is back and the stats are starting to show that. Yep, I was looking at him this week for my guy, but I don't know what to do. I haven't. Well, it's a big purse. I mean, if you're going to do it like a designated event, gives the same purpose of it. So I, I I do think he's under consideration for me right now. There's probably, I think I know which route I'm going to go, but there's probably four options um, that I have heavily considered the most of the group, and uh, JT, which I don't think I'm going to go that route. Um, Homa who I think is going to be extremely popular. I might save Homa for the open championship or something like that, though. That's kind of where I had him planned to start. Morikawa, I think, will go under the radar because of his miscut last week. Um, that was my I don't next guy. JT yeah, I think or Morikawa in the outright market, so I'm glad you at least covered that. And I never bet Morikawa, and I never gotten Morikawa right, like on either end of the spectrum. When he wins tournaments, I'm fading. When he's doing poor. I didn't play him last week. So I guess I can't say that. Like I, I loved him there, but I, I at least hit him at the Zozo for looking for positive there. And then as the other choice, I just think he's playing such great golf right now. And I've always loved them in no cut tournaments, which would be the same answer I'd give for Justin Thomas Xander. 
think Xander Xander, and Thomas have a bunch of upside here. Yeah, Xander's putter worries me after how bad it was. Like, I feel like I had tunnel vision anytime he would come on TV. I would just kind of, because I was also hoping for birdies because I had so much <laughs> Xander Shoffley yeah. just couldn't do shit. Um, Homa, a decent size favorite to Morikawa. Morikawa, a massive favorite to Jordan Speed. So yeah. I think both of those guys are obviously the market respects them. Homa's even money to Patrick Cantley pretty much everywhere. So that you like, usually you see Cantlay is only going to be a dog to Scotty Scheffler. And when Rory McIlroy is in the field, Rory McIlroy, that is it. So yeah, the, the books love Homa. I think Homa will probably be the highest owned player in one and dones. And I think the weather would probably be good for him. Oh, I think, I think it's a, per- I've always said like some grueling open championship where, winds and rain and all of that enters the forecast would be his best chance to win so if you can tell me he's playing some elevated event here without major championship pressure i I think this is the ideal course fit for him and he's been good here over the years when he's played it i think there's a reason why so um i don't know i mean if we look at like homa versus morikawa and that was the tricky one for me because that was i was going to go with one of those two originally um and the numbers have pushed out in the homa direction I do wonder though, and maybe I'm wrong because Pinnacle has that out to minus 122 and that's a little bit sharper of a book than some of the other ones I'm looking at. I just wonder a little bit how much that comes down to sheer volume of bets that they're getting on Homa versus like technical sharp money there. Um, I, I yeah, think Homa bet and 365, co- Bet365 has Max Homa minus 150. Wow. Over Morikawa. That's absurd. Yeah, I mean, that's too large at that point. Um uh, to me, I think Homa should be the favorite, but it's very, I have that more in like the minus 115 range. Like I don't see a massive difference between those two, specifically for a one and done contest. If we're talking about somebody who's going to be the highest owned and then somebody who's going to come in much lower owned than that. So I, I don't know. I think right now it's probably one of those two or Xander. Um We'll see, though. I, I I keep picking the wrong one every single week, Nick. Yeah, I would have Homa and Morikawa closer to a pick em, a slight favored to Homa, and then let the market sure. dictate if I were to move that. But yeah, I, if you don't, tell me why not JT in, like, what other tournament would you love to play JT? Maybe maybe like, the, the players' championship. The players, okay. That's the that's always worries me a little bit for him just with how erratic he is off the tee of late. Yeah. Like his iron plays back, his wedge plays back, putter seems to be back. Fair. Does not hit fairways. Yeah. I, I mean, I, look, it's an elevated event. I think he should probably be used in an elevated event this year. So uh, I, I don't, I think he's a top five choice. And I, I don't imagine we will see. You, you never know in these spots. I don't think he will be as owned as any of those guys that we've talked about? No, I don't think so. Maybe more, maybe, maybe more than Morikawa. Morikawa might be the contrarian route of the group, but I, I would think he's more than everybody else or, or sorry, less than everybody else. And Phil used to tear it up at Pebble, right? Like bones is going to know every yeah. piece of a piece of grass on that property. So, all right, maybe I'm, as of now I'm leaning JT, but let's go to the DFS side of things. Get in, get out. I don't really have a huge lean on anything at the moment. I've taken six players out of my player pool. I'll start with them. 
do you have any reservations to me fading these guys? And they don't really have a ton of ownership besides maybe Lucas Glover is one, but Harris English is out. EVR is out. Glover's out. Grayson Murray's out. Maverick is out just because I do think course history and mm-hmm. what he grew up on the course or lives there. I don't know what the story is. And then SH Kim are out of my player pool for the 20 minutes of lab work I did put in today before the show. No, I, I, they are all players that are outside of, I think for the most part, the top 40 of my model in any way I ran it. And uh, Maverick's going to be very popular this week. And, and I understand that the course history is great, but I just can't get there at the percentages that I'm seeing right now. So I'm going to be fading him. I can't get there with inclement weather coming and he is not a ball striker. No, not at all. I'm a hard pass. All right. 10 K and above Xander Hovland, Scotty Rory. Looks like Rory and Scotty are not drawing much ownership. A ton of people playing Hovland, ton of people playing Xander. I love Scotty this week. I rarely do. I hate paying up for people because, again, we're seeing it week in, week out. But I don't think any of the cop GPP lineups that I saw last week had anybody over 10K. Like you have Ludwig at 97 or whatever his price was, and he was the highest return on an expensive golfer. We've seen, obviously, it's been a weird golf year where it's nothing but bombs winning the tournaments. But, you know, usually that would correlate to DFS as well. The top guys not being a great value, but... I kind of want to play Scotty. I don't have any thoughts on Victor Hovland. I think maybe 10.2 is a little much, but I don't know. He's a great player. Xander, I don't know. Rory, no thoughts. I don't know what to do at the top of the board. I only have, and this is probably a controversial take. I think when the board opened, everybody wanted to drop down in salary, kind of for the answer that you gave and go to Victor Hovland. I think they thought Hovland was the cheap option. And now we've seen ownership normalize in a lot of these spots and while Rory and Scotty seem to be the two lower owned options of the four that we're talking about because there's still some of that narrative of Hovland and Xander getting a lot of the popularity there it's a lot more even than it was for me on Monday afternoon a couple percent difference I have right now I think of those four names the only one that I am probably just completely out on would be Victor Hovland I think the price is too much Um, I understand that it's a decrease. I would rather play Xander than him. I would rather move up the pay scale and play either Scotty or Rory. I tend to really like Rory this week. I know that he has the miscut the one time that he's played it. I know he loses some of his driving distance and some of that total driving that he brings to the mix here, but the short iron proximity has taken a massive boost in my model over the past year. That was a really getting there for him, which is big for us. Again, if we fall into the trap at Augusta, Yes. Oh, I, I will fall in again. I mean, it's going to happen a hundred percent. Somebody will drift that number out to 10 or 11 to one. And I will bite like I do every single year. And I will just watch disaster ensue on Thursday, just like every single time I do it. But um, the, the really, I just think 2024 is going to be a very big year for him. Like I know that you said Thomas is going to win a major. It's probably a controversial take. Cause Rory hasn't won one since what? 2014. It's been a- been Maybe. since I was in college. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Rory might win a major this year. This feels like the the best stats I've ever had for him to start this year. The form is looking great. Everything is pointing in the right direction. So 
I would not be shocked if Rory started this year off with a win on the PGA Tour. We've seen him over in Europe with a first and a second so far. It should be a first and a first if we get technical about it. But I I really like what he brings to the mix. I think Scotty's fine for all the reasons you talked about. I guess with Hovland, I just worry about the wind. If he misses greens in regulation, that short game is still a problem. And I know the same argument could be said about Morikawa. That's also an answer where Morikawa goes downhill. But I don't know. I've always noticed, at least from my model, that Hovland gets hurt by that a little bit more than Morikawa even does. And if one player, and this is not even a direct comparison there because one is 10.2 and one is 9.1. If I think they're very similar to one another, I would rather just play the 9.1 guy with less ownership than the guy who's 10.2 with with more ownership. Love that. All right, 9Ks. Definitely in on JT. Jordan Spieth, one of the highest-owned players in the field. I think I'm going to be out. I think you and I might be the only two people in the entire... I love Jordan Spieth, too, and you know that. Like that's, yeah. He, he, JT, Xander, like those are my probably my personal favorite players. I just love watching Jordan Spieth play. I know he's a little bit of a... A whiny bitch at times, but he is great TV, and uh, I love watching him and Greller. But the market doesn't love him, but the DFS field does, and it's again course history whores out there. Everybody is, and mm-hmm. you know for good reason sometimes. But I think I'm out, and he is a great wedge player. Like so, it's kind of like this is more of just an ownership play for me. And I think Max Homa is right there in terms of my numbers. Honestly, if I weight it heavier towards recent data max homa grades better than jordan spieth in the wedge department which is very same here interesting to you know kind of unpack there but yeah jt or jordan spieth we're out i yeah i'm not gonna play i i like you're the only other person in the space that i've heard talk about fading jordan spieth and there's a lot of risk that comes down to it i understand that and um I just think my biggest problem is, and obviously you talked about the markets hating him. That plays into my model ever so slightly. But when I directly compare him to Justin Thomas, Max Homa, Xander Shoffley, Colin Morikawa, and you talked about Morikawa being, what, a minus 140, minus 150 favorite against him? Like, my model doesn't have it quite that far, but it also has Morikawa as a projected favorite over him. I just find it really hard to go down the speed route where – I think the upside is maybe a little bit lower than the market perception is on him. It doesn't mean he can't give you a top 10. doesn't mean he can't pay off the price tag. But if I prefer all those names that we talked about, and I would probably make a pretty strong argument that Cantlay should be thrown into that mix too if nobody's going to play him as a GPP choice set. I would rather go to a shooting for pure upside here. So it was just an unfortunate situation, I think, for me where Spies' popularity just got too much for me to want to buy in for the lack of upside that my model seemed to think was around for him and and unfortunately like that just makes somebody a better cash game play in reality like that's that's more of the market he should be in than a gpp when he's 25 percent owned all right we're putting him in cash out on gpps uh patrick Cantley in or out like there's something to say about his form it's not fantastic uh, i'm going to say out. Um, and I'm only going to say out because I do think that people do this every single week. And maybe you and I are the Kings of this where it's like, we're out on Cantley, we're out on Cantley. And then last second, while he still comes in as one of the lower owned golfers, that ownership trickles up on Wednesday night to Thursday morning, every single week. And people convince themselves that this is a nice spot to play Cantley. And, um, 
I mean, I don't want to look at last week too much. That dude cannot play the South course. He loses strokes every single time he plays it. And uh, it was one of the reasons why I took Shank in a head-to-head matchup against him at plus 155 in round three, I believe that was. Yeah, why don't you tell me this stuff too? God damn it. It'd be nice to get a little text alert. So do I got to sign up at Rotoballer for, for these updates or can I get a friendly text uh, text message every once in a while? I, I will give you a text message. I'll be sure All to right. do that. It, it's Especially not when that. you know my outrights are going to implode on Sunday. I would that, would that would help a lot. All right, so we're out on Cantlay. I think, like, for me, too, I know it's comparing apples to oranges, but Cantlay, I'm seeing, like, 17, 18, 19% ownership. Scotty, I'm seeing, like, right around 15. Same with Rory. I'd rather just find a way to get those guys in a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. It's 2K difference. The the ownership is already trickling up for Cantlay. It just keeps moving up by the second, and, like, that's my biggest problem every week. We're not even necessarily, at least by the numbers that I have, getting some sort of an ownership discount. Right. Okay, moving onward. Spoke about Morikawa. I think he's going to stay for now. What about Ludwig? I like I thought Ludwig looked great last week. Like, Torrey Pines, he's going to win there at some point in his career. We talked about it last week. He found Poa to be troubling. And there's some concerns that, and I think Roberto stated this best when we did our show together yesterday, that, he ended up gaining strokes putting in that tournament. Like the problem was, is when he missed, he missed in primetime situations near the top of the leaderboard where he missed in horrifying fashion, where he ends up, you know, three putting from like two feet away from the hole. And, and that's going to be the one that makes all the headlines there. But I think an entire encapsulation of his putting, he made some from distance that he shouldn't have made. He missed some from short that he probably obviously should have made, but I think it's a nice spot to go back to him. I know he loses like the Rory answer, some of that driving acumen that he brings to the table, but he won the RSM classic. That's another club down course. I think players of this, somebody like Ludwig here, he's so young and he's so talented. I think it's unfair to lump him into a specific course architecture. That can be the only route that he can find success. Like, if you're a great player, you can find success anywhere. And I think Ludwig is showing that with wins at a shorter course. So uh, if nobody's going to want to play him, I think that's maybe the contrarian route and the way to really create leverage into a build. 100%. I like him a ton. He's a decent favorite over the guy right behind him who's probably going unowned, but I think I'm going to be out as Sam Burns. Um, I will be out also, I think. like I, I have... The only thing I like about Burns is he doesn't have much popularity, according to my model. We'll we'll see if that ends up being right if you're trying to find leverage. But I also think that there's better spots to potentially create leverage. Like he is the, well, I mean, I guess technically he's the biggest leverage difference just because he's 5% owned that I have. But I would rather go to an 8, 9, 10% Ludwig at that point. So I would agree. Is that what you have for Ludwig ownership wise? I, I have him at 10.1 right now. Yeah, that's good. All right. What about Tony Fino? What are we doing with Fino? I guess I'm out. Massive I, favorite I, over Cam Young. I know you're a fade on Cam Young. Yeah, I, that, that I to me means Cam nothing. Young. You're what with Cam Young? I don't mind Cam Young. Really? Yeah. Well, give, give me your reason why. I'm very interested to hear. Ownership and wedge play. 
Yeah, it's like the, I mean, he, that wedge play at St. Andrews a handful of years ago, which I guess is a different course because he was able to use driver yeah, a little bit more right than there. he will here. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I just think Cameron Young's broken at this point. Okay. I am then well, third at the Dubai Classic. Two shots back of Rory. He was, he was multiple oh, he, shots he, ahead. Yeah, he sucked. He shot a 74 on Sunday. Poor guy. Yeah. Damn. Shot 64 in round two. It looks like the second lowest on property for the week. Put Tessori on the bag. Things would have changed there. I don't know. That's that's one of the most perplexing things I've seen in golf in quite some time. Of I, I, I don't know what happened between them. Maybe at some point we can get Paul on the show and he'll give us some sort of an inside information into it. And I'm sure he's not going to divulge too much of that. But just a shocking thing between those two i thought they were going to be a great partnership together and it just didn't last for very long yeah no uh i'm sure we'll get the story someday but yeah you got to reach out to him let's get him on the pod when he's off but tony finau we're out so cam young we're out but finau yes out i I like finau a lot more than i like cameron young if i'm directly comparing like you could more so convince me to get in on finau than cam young but i'm going to be out on both Okay, I'm going to maybe keep Fino just because I said this is the year I'll never play him, and I've played him every single week. (laughs) Wedge play is fantastic. Dude, he is striping, striping the golf ball. He had to lead the field in ball striking at the Farmers, didn't he? Uh, He was was the projected number one player in my model entering Sunday. I don't know how he closed. I didn't run round four or Saturday. I keep doing that. Um, I didn't run round four data on it, but I would assume probably yes, because he kind of did the same thing. Well, I guess here's the question. Nick, because, a damn disaster. Yeah. Here's my question to you, because I guess this is where Finau becomes a lot more playable. How do you rank? And, and we'll include ownership here. Fleetwood's going to be very popular. How do you rank Finau, Fleetwood, Sungjae? in that exact same order um fleetwood is a massive favorite in the market over both of them i like tommy fleetwood a lot too if anything like i feel so much more confident in fleetwood's ability to scramble and handle the weather than the other two that's kind of where i keep landing and ownership is doing the same answer i i see fleetwood continue continuously climbing over the past 24 hours, he's becoming somewhat popular, but my model likes him the best of the three names. I think it's a fair reason why the public is on him. Sharp money does seem to be pushing in the favor of Fleetwood in all these matchups. That makes logical sense to me. And um, in these nasty weather condition spots, I like the way that Fleetwood's able to scramble more so than those other two. I, I, I worry a little bit about... Sung Jay, maybe specifically of that mix of just imploding on one of these days. And that's my biggest concern of the head to head bet I have. But I think Fleetwood's good chalk. And that's kind of the reason why I was off of Finau, just because I keep finding myself going to Fleetwood. But I guess if I was to directly compare, I prefer Finau over Sung Jay. Okay. For whatever may, that's worth. I may get rid of Sung Jay and just keep the outright thing that I've been usually doing. All right. 84 and below, J Day, Decky, Fitz, Boygard, Tom Kim, and Ben on. I think I'm out on Ben on. I'm out on I'm out on Jason Day. That's a ben shocker. Like 20% out. Yeah, he's uh he's getting tons of steam. 
I think he's a fine cash game play. It's like one of those same answers. He works for cash, probably less upside in some of these GPPs for the ownership and um, great form. Definitely. Great, great form. He's bring, I mean, he is as hot with some of the metrics, the trending form that I'm looking for of anybody on tour right now. And um, he's one of those golfers that I think is legitimately when I ran my season long numbers and I incorporated some of the FedEx cup points and things like that. And that helps certain players and hurt other ones. So you didn't necessarily get like, these are my top 100 power rate or players from that mix, but Ben on was a top 30 player, no matter how I tried to run it. So I think that this pricing is generally correct. Like he's not a golfer that should be any lower than this. So uh price seems fair to me. I don't know. I kind of sort of am maybe out on the whole section you could convince me on Hoygaard. Maybe that's the one route, but yeah, I, I like Hoygaard. Um, Jason Day, I think we're out, right? Yeah, I, I think Day is going to be way too. Po- I, I mean, I see the ownership falling a little bit. Maybe it's because I went on a show and said I didn't want to play him. And um, not that I am the Jason Day whisperer. I'm probably the reverse of that answer every single week, but um, I, I'm not going to be on him. All right. Then you already spoke about Tom Kim. We'll get him out. I'm out on Ben on. Out on Jason Day. I don't mind Decky. I think Decky's in good form. What about Fitz? Out. I would rather play Deck. I of those names, I, I would Hoygaard would be number one. Decky would be number two. Fitz Fitz and Ben on are, are a push for me pretty much. And then probably Tom Kim. Now, if you throw ownership into the mix, I guess I'd rather play Tom Kim than those names, and that's where he gets the boost. But I'm probably just out on any route that's not Hoygaard there and you know at least Hideki might have a little bit of leverage you can get I'm gonna play Hideki I think he's in good form great wedge player all right here's a guy I got very close to taking in the outright market I think the course actually fits him perfect Tigala yeah you texted me about that um markets would agree with you on that I I don't know I don't necessarily have the same intrigue on Tigala as you do but uh, I'll let you talk to everybody about why you like him. I'm not necessarily opposed to it, by the way. It's just my numbers didn't like him as much. I know the the form is sketchy. Farmers, he was obviously struggled and was one of the most popular players there. So I did fade that, which was nice. Missed a cut at Sony. I've, I mean, if, if we can get the ball striking numbers that we had at Century and then leading up to that, so uh, BMW, like where he was, the short iron proximity for me looks fantastic. He's one of the better long iron players as well. I don't think accuracy matters much here at all. Love the scrambling. Scrambling's magnificent. The ownership looks really nice. Nobody seems to be going to him. And great um, POA putting. This is what he grew up on pretty much, right? It was all POA greens for the most part, I think. Yeah, California kid. I think he uh, went to... I think he went to... Um, he went to Pepperdine. Well, I think for high school he went... I, I might be wrong on this. I think he went to the high school of one of my exes. Well, we should get her on the show. Maybe she could talk about his wedge play. Fuck her. No pun intended. <laughs> yes, fuck her. <laughs> All right. Uh, but 7% Tigala, I think that's one of my favorite plays on the board. Uh, like, my way to get unique was Wyndham Clark. It's kind of that same similar mentality that I'm going to try to find a low-owned golfer that I think has massive upside. Clark was that answer for me. Trending form, also not looking great. He hasn't posted a finish better than 19th, uh, I believe, since October. But one of the things I ran, and I do this every week, as you know, Nick, is when I run either my weighted strokes gain T to green or my weighted strokes gain total, I like to incorporate 
specifically for the venue that's being played, not just like the return that we're getting. And that's something that I know you do yourself too there with the weighted totals. And uh, Clark was the biggest climber for me in my model that I had. He went from a player that's outside of the top 50 in expectation to a player who's inside of the top 10. So I'm not so sure the form is quite as bad as it looks on paper for this specific venue. I don't really ever bet Wyndham Clark did take him at the U.S. Open, so I have a decent track record with him, but price is way too cheap. And if you want to get super funky, like I don't think in the Action Network one and done contest that we're doing together with 15 people, it makes a whole ton of sense. But if you want to get super funky in some large field events where there's thousands of people, I, Wyndham Clark is going to go super under the radar. And I think he's an intriguing one and done pick here. I think for two pick contests, while I usually don't go this aggressive, I think Clark is almost certainly going to be my second pick in those events. So uh, I like his upside quite a bit. Love it. Okay. Maybe I will do that with, uh, with Sia in our large field one that we split. Cause I am definitely in on Wyndham Clark. I'm in. How are you guys Thieves. doing that? Uh, we took Fitzpatrick at the Sony, so not nice. great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not great. But we, hey, you know, you hit a Wyndham Clark at two percent ownership, then we could skyrocket. I think I'm out on Harmon easily, right? What about Corey Connors? Oh, I'm I'm a hundred percent out on Corey Connors. Like that's it's kind of the narrative of why I took Clark over Connors until Connors shows me something. The form looks bad. He's also the worst player in my model. When looking at expected POA putting, the putter's just been awful lately. You could make an argument that the ball striking is pristine. And, and maybe that's where, like, if he's going to save this event for himself, he just strikes the hell out of the ball. And the ball striking is so much better than everybody else, even in the blustery conditions that maybe he works his way up the leaderboard. But I, I am just not playing him until I see otherwise at this point. Like, I, I think he's a fade candidate in head-to-head matchups and... Uh, what is his ownership? I mean, not that it matters for me. Four and a half percent, I see. Like, I, I would just rather play Wyndham Clark. Okay. Keegan, Bo Hostler, Russell Henley, all getting a lot of ownership. And JT Poston. My model likes Poston. My model likes Hostler. Um, Hostler's just fucking good. Yeah, Hostler's just like, he. this is, this is Wyndham Clark to an extent, 2.0 from last year. There's yep. surging metrics that are taking place for him. Even, even Jaeger, like I know Jaeger never had those high end results, but my model went from Steven Jaeger. Every single event is outside of the top 100 for me to now every single event. He is like a fixture inside the top 30. Now Hostler's taken that same mold and, you know, we'll see if he lands more on that Jaeger route to where it's more of just making cuts or he can get that upside that Clark got of winning a major winning an elevated event propelling himself to a top 10 player in the world. Like I would not be shocked if Hostler was able to take that next step. So I think he's too cheap and I think Poston's too cheap. And you know, if we're adding another name to that mix, I think Eric Cole's too cheap. And I know there's a lot of popularity around those three, but Eric Cole should be like 8,800. Like, I don't know what we're doing with him down in 7,000. is a here. joke. Yeah. He's yeah. just $100 more than Kevin. You, I know Kevin, you was probably the most volatile fade of my player pool last week. That sucked, yeah. but uh yeah no air cole staple in the cash game probably just play him in gpps as well um yeah i'm gonna use him um it's just one of those spots where i think the price is so great and and in reality like what ownership do you see right now i don't think the ownership's that bad i see 20 
Okay, you're a. It'll be higher, bad. dude. Everybody's gonna take the free square on him. He's like you're a backup pe- running back getting the RB one job for the week this week. I I may have you after the show is done. Send me some of your aggregated totals that you've pulled, and I might put them into mine to see where he moves because I have him substantially lower right now. I agree with you though. I, I can't see a world where he's not twenty percent plus. Yeah, he's gonna be there. All right, other guys. I still real think he's quick. fine though. Chris Kirk. I'm going to say no to Kirk, but I think he's close. You're out on Kirky, huh? Terrible Poe putting, or what did it for you? Uh, I'll tell you. Ownership so, with that combined. I'm, I think I'm out on Kirk. I, I think for me, yeah, it's probably the putting 60th and projected putting pushed him down the board. I didn't see a massive, There, there is a significant enough difference, but like, I'd rather play Denny McCarthy, I think. Ooh, that was my next question. Uh, what did you say about Brian Harmon? You were in or out? I fucking hate Brian Harmon, as we know. I like Adam Scott a ton, and I think the market's starting to like him a ton as well. I like Harmon, um, but I always do. I, I also like Adam Scott. Okay, I think there's I like a Adam lot Scott. of really... I'm intrig- out on Brian Harmon. I'm just not playing Brian Harmon. I, I don't expect you to ever play Brian Harmon, so that's not a shock to the system on that one. Um... I think like if you look at this range though, there's a lot of intrigue with Hostler, Scott, Harmon, McCarthy, Wyndham, Wyndham Clark, yeah. Eric Cole. I think Adam Hadwin is super intriguing for this event. The form looks great. This is a nice course fit for him. Uh, has found some decent success out here in the past with multiple top 20s over the last five years. I think Jaeger, um, m- maybe Jaeger specifically on FanDuel. I wrote this during one of my articles. Biggest price difference for anybody who does play FanDuel. We obviously don't talk about that much on the show, but he had one of the biggest price shifts of anybody where he became more valuable on FanDuel versus DraftKings. So I think he becomes very intriguing there. Do you have thoughts on Nick Taylor? I know he's a popular choice in the market. Uh, I don't know. That's, that's kind of. I, I don't. I, I don't mind him. Like he looks safe. I, I think I'd consider in cash games. Good wedge player. Scramblings okay i mean maybe a little subpar compared to this field can can i tell you my biggest concern with him and i guess it's from a market perspective when my model also has both of these two guys kind of in the same range to begin with like uh my model thinks i'll give you the exact price on this i'd rather have cam davis okay that's that's the that's is where i'm going with it so my model my model thinks that nick taylor should be minus 102 over cameron davis and if you look at the sharper books out there and bookmaker probably being the specific one I'm pointing to here, Cam Davis is out to 135. Pinnacle has him at 115. I think that that's an indicative return there of all the support that's on Taylor. And despite that, you're still getting sharp movement on a player that I really like in Davis there. So I keep finding myself wanting to dip down in those spots. It's like move up for Wyndham, move down for Cameron Davis. And that's kind of just what keeps happening for me. So uh, I will agree with you on that to where my model is fine on Taylor. I just think that there's other pivot spots that make a lot of sense. Kevin, you going to get ownership because he finished top 10 here last year. And that's kind of when he came on the scene and then buddy, he got hurt for a while, yeah. didn't he? Right yeah. He had that. surgery. Um, favorite over. I, I, I never get him right. Uh, f- pretty decent favorite over Sepp Strzok at one of the books I'm looking at. Uh, underdog to Pavon, who my model seems to think Pavon's probably the real deal. I'm going to be out on Kevin Yu. Um, cool. All right. That's all I needed. I'm out. 
Anybody 7K and below Keith Mitchell we're going to be out on, right? I'm out on Keith Mitchell. I think this is a bad spot for him. All right. Anybody 7K and below, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Yeah. I, like I think Patrick Rogers is one. We talked about him already. Definitely. Bezade and Hout. Which one of these 0% owned guys is going to hit? Someone's going to do it. So, like, Lee Hodges. I'm always like Lee. Seamus Power, we, you know, friend of the show. He might just be has, broken. He has been bad at golf for quite some time. Uh, we need one of these 0% or leverage guys. Uh, where's Dunlop? What's his price? 69. Oh. What do you think about him? No dice? I don't know. I don't have enough data to feel comfortable one way or another. You have to somewhat love the fact that he's minus 145, minus 130 to minus 145 against Lucas Glover. I do not like Lucas Glover. That's not necessarily a comparison that I'm using as a good thing here, but he is the favorite in the matchup there. Um, he's a big dog under- to Norin. Uh, he's also a dog to Montgomery. Um see where he is in round one matchups just out of curiosity well he's priced against xander he's plus 190 against him there so i don't know yeah and he's the big dog to norin that you talked about and uh decent favorite on pinnacle over kuchar who my model liked kuchar a little bit this week and that's been an every week problem and i i don't know if i can trust the data returns yeah, because kuchar's just burning me every single time yeah i gotta take kuchar out of the player pool that's also him and Harmon can go do lunch and <laughs> hang out i don't want to oh. watch them play golf ever i mean matt kuchar is not going to pay for that lunch i don't think that's <laughs> true uh, I all right give me a one a one percent or a lower i do like if i do long-term data it loves davis riley he put in recent data davis riley should be back at q school uh, web can't do that right i mean you you can do web but it's like if we're oh. looking Here's the problem, Nick. Of all these names, like there are very few options. We'll just say 6,500 or less. We'll just look in that general range to condense this. Um, there are very few options that grade even marginally okay for me. My model liked Grayson Murray because I am running things with not enough data on him, and the PGA Tour doesn't seem to be able to update their website correctly to where he, they're not counting any of his miscuts and they don't have strokes gain data at some of the courses that he played where he ended up missing the cuts. So that's kind of ruining my numbers for him. So I, I am aware of that factor. Um, I mean, Seamus power used to be a great wedge player. I mean, what happened I, to him? I used to bet Seamus power at this tournament. Um, every single opportunity I would get, I thought this was an ideal course fit for him. And he's there played was, great here. There was one of those years, 2022, maybe I want to say he had like a, if I'm recalling this correctly, like a handful of shots, like five plus shot lead entering Saturday and ended up like imploding on the weekend to come in that ninth or 12th. It's one of those two years, but I remember that because I had an outright ticket on him during that iteration of the event, but I'm just afraid he's broken. Like the numbers are going to look fine depending on how far or short that you run this. But, um, my upside numbers like spawn, my upside numbers liked web, my upside numbers like Sam Ryder, but Sam Ryder is not zero percent. He's gonna he's gonna garner some some ownership. Spawn, um, I, I can mean, get behind Spawn. Yeah, I do all the time, and it doesn't really ever work. But my safety numbers, to an extent, like Taylor Moore. I don't know if I'm going to get there on him though. Um, 
Mackenzie Hughes kind of feels like a Mackenzie Hughes sort of a course where he can he can be fine in some of these conditions, maybe. I don't know. I hate his iron play. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll call it. Um, cash game. Let's figure this out real quick. I think I got six. Or, oh, no, I got five. So we need to figure out what works here. All right. Let me get a 50. All right. Here we go. So Air Cole, no doubt. We're doing yes. that. Max Homa. One of the highest home players, good price. Yes. I think we're in. Jordan Spieth. Yes. Chase the chalk on that and cash out on GPPs. I like Tom, Tommy Fleetwood. I think ownership's going to continue to rise. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with Fleetwood. Cam Davis. Cool with Cam Davis. Highest ownership in the 6K range gives us 8,800. Oh, fuck. He's staring us in the face. Tony <laughs> Fino. <laughs> Cameron Young now, Sanjay M not opposed, and I think that's that's what I'll do. Finau or Sanjay, what do you think? We can probably get that matchup, can't we? Finau yeah. is even on Fanduel to Sanjay. I, I think they're. They are one spot separated from one another inside of my model. I, I guess Finau would have, be my choice. I have Finau but. two spots above. All right, Tony Finau, we're using all the salary. Cole, Homa, Spieth, Fleetwood, Cam Davis, Tony Finau. There you have it. Spencer, thanks for having me, buddy. Sorry for the, the delay in my work week this week, but looking forward to Pebble. And it's going to be a very, very low investment week for me. I'm going to hop on Wyndham Clark. Are you okay with... Ah, fuck. I love lost all value. That 100 to one's gone. I, I think any price, and this is, I mean, I, I don't know what one. I yeah, think I think that there's, I think, I think like legitimately he should be 55 to one. Shit. Okay. All right. Say less. I'm in. I got room for it. That'll be my bets. And then, yeah, if you could uh, text me some internees, because I know you're on fire on those, that'd be sick. So let me know what I need to do to get on that thread. I, I got your back there. I will send those <laughs> messages to you. But uh, as I said at the beginning, use the code BGP to get a $100 match bonus over on Underdog. The site is taking off with different sports that you can play weekly. Uh, look into their season-long best ball drafts, their pick em contest. All that's great. Underdog has everything that you need to gain action for the week for any sport. So the code BGP will help get you some extra dollars to bet on there and Thanks again for all the support everyone shows us. I know Nick and I both very much appreciate it, and we couldn't do this show without you guys. So until next week, good luck at Pebble Beach Pro-Am, and we will see you guys back here very shortly.